Boom. And we're back. We're, we're back, lads. Unfiltered. Fifty-nine. God, I can't keep fifty-nine. I can't keep track of these numbers. <laughs> we're, we're, we should have. We should have probably noted that before we started. Damn, we're we're ten away from a special number. Very nice. <laughs> I think. I think for anyone to have sat through our last recording, um, it was a complete clusterfuck in terms of the quality, the sinking of it, everything that can possibly go wrong went wrong. Especially since, like, we're, we're just at the last prod podcast, we're talking about how we finally decided to pay for this squad cast instead of running the free trial. And then all of a sudden, our first ever recording that's legitimate, it went to the shitters. And here we are throwing shade, you know, in the first minute of the pod at the host we were using. I mean, that's karma come around, right? I mean, we've been <laughs> using that free trial forever. Yeah, yeah. That's just like shoving it, sticking it to us. Um, but yeah, thanks for anyone that actually finished that episode because it was pretty brutal. I got nothing more to add. I mean, you know, life yeah. is about moving forward, not looking in the past, no regrets. I got I got more if you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there. Yeah, it's just about, you know, Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know. <laughs> Sounds like you're 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 in like Doug Ford's corner. You're his <laughs> hype man right now, giving him all all the pep talk that he needs. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure how that guy gets out of bed every day. <laughs> Obviously, he rolls out on one side <laughs> only at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. Like I don't I don't want to start on the fat shaming. I will leave that alone. This is the new <laughs> this is the new changed me. Now, I want to lean in on the fatties today. <laughs> uh, I've I've always stated that I don't care in terms of like fat shaming on on Doug Ford because he is pretty much he is the walking contradiction of everything that can possibly how you would manage a emergency situation. <laughs> and I think like we didn't get a chance to record earlier last week or the two weeks before when they had decided to come up with more restrictions to try and like um, taper down this, this COVID wave number three. And it was some of the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and all his restrictions, all his like new restrictions that he brought out that was supposed to help went down the drain because within 24 hours, it got shot down by, by the doctors. It got shot down by the police. But I'll let you go and describe yeah. some of the restrictions that he threw out there. I mean, it didn't just get shot down. Doctors, police, left wing, right wing, middle of the road. Like, I think you have to be pretty bad at policy to to make everyone angry within a day. You had you, you didn't just miss the mark. You you completely like had failure to launch. That was a Kim Jong Un level failure to launch right there with those <laughs> with those laws. So, um, I think one of them was a ban on playgrounds. And um, they, they were going to close playgrounds, and I think ban like outdoor recreation. I don't know if I'm, I'm uh, getting the, the gist of it. Uh, that's the gist of it. So basically, playgrounds were going to be closed. Um, you couldn't work out outside. They were basically also with the um, um, enhanced police powers to basically just stop anyone anywhere and question them. Why are you outside? Yeah, that was the craziest one. One of the crazier one, because as they were like naming all the restrictions, it just got worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, some some jurisdictions have curfews. I can kind of understand that. Kind of, I, I don't really like the idea of curfews, but like, um, I you can't you can't count on the police to manage anything. That's the whole point, right? Um, you know, there's a reason why. These kind of things happen in, you know, communist China. I mean, people don't got no choice. I mean, if you you want to stop the police from doing that, you have a whole level of like bureaucracy to like go through in order to get that to stop. Here, it's like North America has a big police problem. Um, you know, uh, uh, empowering the police to randomly stop someone, and then like you stop you, question you, ID you, find out where you live, ask you why you're outside. And if they don't like the reason that you give, they can fine you. 
that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that that that's pretty much it. Because like, what what are the reasons they didn't? What you're you're allowed to go out and get groceries. You're allowed to go to work, or if you're an essential worker. But hell, everything's an essential business at this point. Um, honestly, I don't think there yeah. has been anything that changed outside of no malls and maybe Walmart, like the big department stores, having to block out their clothing section or the toys aisle stuff that aren't essential, which should have probably been done ages ago. Yeah. Um, I know that Manitoba had done that for at least Costco, probably Walmart or other stores. Even like last year they were doing that, just blocking it off. Um, I mean, the whole enhanced police powers is a little crazy because, you know, North America again has a police problem. Um, I knew right away, and a lot of people pointed it out, they're going to use that power to stop minorities, right? They're going to stop black and brown people, uh, ask them where they're going, ID them, because there's a whole issue around carding, right? Um, Like spot checks of random people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, like those are marginalized communities. If you don't like what they're saying, you're going to stick them with a fine. That is some crazy talk right there. During a pandemic, when people are at their financial worst. I know. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy to, to see some of the municipality coming out right out uh, and saying no. I know like uh, Toronto police services took a while more. They weren't the first one to come out and say, no, we're not doing this, right? Which I think they should have been because like you mentioned, the whole card issue that's been talked about the last couple of years on in Toronto just by itself, just saying like, we need to stop this program. There's no point. What, what's the point of doing this, right? Yeah. I, I thought they would come out. They they did some half-ass, you know, excuse. We're going to review it and then make sure. I'm like, no, just, you know, you had Ottawa saying, no, we're not doing it. And yeah. even in our region, right, where we live, it took them. They're one of the last municipalities that to come out or regions to say, like, no, we're not going to do this. And I was surprised. Like, during that, like, weekend, I was like, am I allowed to even go out? I'm not going to yeah. go out and drive around until they say, like, we're not pulling anyone over. Yeah, I was furious, like, because, you know, they're looking for people like me, right, to pull over. And for Toronto and York region, because York region is huge, right? Yeah. Uh, Toronto is very big as well. Um, you know, higher proportions of, like, visible minorities, I would say, in those regions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to come out last is kind of disappointing. But, I mean, either way, they they weren't going to go for it. Like, um, which is good. Um, there's, I, there was no way to win that, that, and I think it just goes to show the level of disorganization, right? By the government. They just kind of threw that at the police and the police were like, what? Yeah. You're, they handed over all this power without thinking how can they even use it? Or if they should even have this power to pull anyone over. It's, if this is what they were planning and they were thinking, they were talking about, yeah, you know, we're planning for this third wave. We've been waiting for so long. We had all this stuff. There's like long meetings, cabinet meetings to determine what we can do, what we can't do. And when they released it, I'm just like, this is one of the most asinine shit I've ever heard in my life. Like anyone with half a brain could have came out with stuff that are, was way more effective and way more applicable. Just it, it's as simple as following the instructions. And you already have experts everywhere telling you what needs to be done. You have the doctors telling you implement the the uh, sick pay leave. Do that. It's it's not even they they can't. There's science behind it. There's data behind it, and the data is from the states. When the states actually did it uh, recently, or like not recently, the past couple of months, where they did a temporary paid sick leave, they saw like the the cases drop in a lot of regions by like 50% just because now people are staying home when they're, they're kind of sick or if they're worried that they might be sick, if they show any symptoms, they know that they're not going to lose out on their pay. Um, that, that pretty much nips it right in the bud, right? Where you can't trans- transfer it to another family that might be stuck having to go into work. And then, yeah, I, I mean, the science and the numbers are behind it. I just don't understand why they were so... I guess I can understand. You mentioned the fact that they were the one that took away this uh, paid sick leave 
program that the past liberal government came in and implemented right before they left. Yeah, it's, it's easy. I mean, everything you said is spot on. I don't need to repeat anything that's that was said there. Um, you know, you look at um, when they first came in and they first started a campaign. They campaigned on all this government waste. They talked all this good shit about eliminating, like, I mean, they're talking to their base, right? And all of that stuff is, I guess, quote unquote, okay um, with their base. In, when times are good, you know, times were good for a long time in the world, in Ontario, you know, the biggest thing we had to complain about was that, you know, uh, hydro prices were too high and Kathleen Wynne's government had like some e-health scandal or whatever. But, you know, otherwise, I mean, you know, they elected this buffoon <laughs> and his government. And the first thing they did is get rid of the paid sick days. That we, I think they just implemented them within the last year of the liberal government. So, mm-hmm. I mean, none of it really makes sense. I mean, you you plan this stuff for a time that's going to be worse. Now you get up your vaccine capacity. You you um, enhance your long term health. Um, so your long term care facilities. Um, you ramp up your health stuff. Uh, your health facilities for a time that will be worse than right now. I mean, because we've had pandemics in the last 20 years, right? We've had, I mean, not necessarily pandemics. I guess SARS was a pandemic. Now I'm like backtracking. SARS was a pandemic, all right? I'm not uh, sure if it was declared a pandemic, but it was a major disease. Let's just let's just call it that. Um, yeah, and they had I other major... It was global, so... But. They just had other major diseases during that time, right? Like we knew that this had a possibility of happening. Um, I'm not saying any other government would have done that much better, but I mean... You can look at the track record of what this government has slashed and cut and just say, like, our COVID problem is a direct result of th- their actions less than three years ago. Yeah. I don't want to go and pin it down on the fact that you have people that would vote conservative, uh, conservative would be a certain type of person. But I'm just going to pin the fact that you have, you know, the elected uh, conservative people being like probably like if you were to put queen's park on in a high school (laughs) it it, you'll play out to exactly the stereotype you'll have like the bullies and the 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 dumbasses kind of you know they don't look very what's that word uh it's almost like donald trump how he's not presidential these guys aren't very you don't look at them and you think yeah they know what they're doing you have like the education minister who, aside from being well-dressed in a nice suit, I'll give him that all the time. Uh, I don't know what the hell he's doing because they were, they were trying to push like having people go back to school at all times, and then that's gone to shit. Now, now it's been like a year and a half of like these students wasting their time, or not wasting their time, just losing that interaction. Uh, and then you also have like the labor minister. That guy watched a couple of his interviews with CBC and like CTV and... They, people were just grilling him and he just can't say anything. He'll just repeat the same shit over and over again. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't followed too many of the individuals. Um, I know that these politicians are just normal, like they're regular people that got elected and now they're in charge of a whole province full of people. And they're not proving any more competent than someone you run into at the grocery store. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I know people at the grocery store cannot follow simple instructions they don't know what they're doing. They get up to the cashier. They don't know what they're buying, how they're going to pay for it, how many. Like, I, I, yeah. I just think we expect too much of these people. Um, and I'm not letting them off the hook because of that. I'm just saying, like, they're showing their, um, their weaknesses right now. All the weaknesses are coming to the forefront. Yeah, there's no way that these people are going to be elected or reelected back into into office after this. There's, I just can't picture it. I, I get it. Like when you said that other, there's no way of understanding, knowing if other parties or other individual would have been able to handle this much better. But again, like I said, all he had to do was just follow his the experts, his scientific boards telling him to do so and so, but he kept on ignoring it. And then when he finally does it, he goes on a platform and he just speaks like a complete idiot. This is the best. We have the best 
paid sick leave in North America. Three days. Get the fuck out. I'm pretty sure there's other, like, somewhere else in the States where they're paying you the full, t- you know, quarantine period. Yeah. I, it's so, you know, emblematic of the way politics is these days because politics is so polarized. And just because we're Canada, we kind of do things a little bit more, like, subtle, right? But, you know, you look at the States, the whole Trumpism and Trump and his followers, now that even Trump is gone... Biden seems to be doing a good job controlling the pandemic. They're getting vaccines into people's arms. Uh, they just released new um, guidelines from the CDC uh, saying that people really don't have to wear masks outside if they're like exercising. Um, you know, new guidelines, and you know the way that the the media there is kind of crazy. We don't have that here, right? Um, uh, the the Republican. Uh, congressmen are kind of, you know, really crazy as well, you know, asking all these questions and really being kind of just combative for the sake of being combative, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, you know, Biden came out to announce the the mask guidelines. And the the first reporter's question is like, why did you wear a mask to this announcement? It's like, (laughs) I wore a mask and then I was going to make... Take off, took off the mask and not put it back on again after I made the statement of the new news to everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. real common sense answer. But, you know, the whole landscape there is very combative. Um, I don't really know what the excuse is here. I know we have anti-maskers. I know we have people that are against the lockdown. Um, I don't see it so much in the news coverage, but the people are here. But those people are, like, those people hate Doug Ford. The liberals hate Doug Ford right now, so I, I don't understand the policy decisions. Right? It's not to gain voters. Then what is it? What is it for? Yeah, it's like saving saving face a face that's already been smeared and shit. Um, yeah, I just don't. I, every, yeah, I think the only thing that they're they're dying on the hill on is keeping the no golfing. They're not allowing people to golf outdoors and that's one of the restrictions that they had and that's the only restriction that that is still standing since the last since the uh compared to everything else that they released and i don't know if that changes anything um i know you yourself got the vaccine recently um you know i'm waiting in line so what was the experience like it was much quicker than i thought yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and celebrate. I live in a high-risk area, so <laughs> it's a kind of a bittersweet thing. Um, but, you know, as soon as I got the news that we could register, um, I got some good advice from a friend that – because I, I think they go based, based on your birth year, not your age. So it was opened up to uh, 35 plus, mm-hmm. but anyone who's turning 35 this year. Yeah. Um, so um, registered – I actually got it the same week, so it opened up on the Tuesday, and I was booked in for the Thursday, which is really quick. Um, it, the experience is really good. Um, this is actually the first time I went inside that community center. So, I mean, oh, I've yeah. been living here for a while, saw this nice community center. This is the first time I've actually been inside. And they got a nice big gymnasium. It's nice and new, like kind of untouched for like a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the registration process is fairly straightforward online. Uh, they actually give you two dates. Uh, they give you the first and second dose dates at once. Um, when you show up, you have to um, you have to show them your filled out assessment showing that you're symptom free and all that stuff. You haven't been outside of the country. Uh, you go in, you, you register at a desk, and then they tell you where to go, and then you sit down and get your get your shot. They tell ask you which arm. They tell you which vaccine you're getting. I got the Moderna. Um, I had a little bit of a screw up because apparently when I sat down, they're like, you're not registered. I'm like, I just went through the desk. Uh, I, I guess the lady wasn't paying attention when she was like registering. Cause like we got into this like conversation, like I'm not going to reveal it on the podcast. You know, my last name. So she saw the last name. Oh, like so-and-so. And I had to do the thing where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so-and-so. Right. Uh, like that actor. Um, yeah. And she must not have pressed enter or something. Like, and so when I went and sat down, 
doctor said you're not registered. So she had to run around for like, you know, over five minutes to try and figure out how to get me registered. This is a doctor. We're wasting this doctor's time, right? That's the only kind of screw up that we had going on. But, you know, other than that, you know, the, the, the needle poke is quick. Uh, you got to go sit down for like 15 minutes in this like seating area. Um, like afterwards, right? Yeah. Afterwards. Um, and that's uh, essentially it. Oh yeah. Um, do you, feel, do you feel when you sleep at night, you can hear like the, the very faintest beeping sounds as they're tracking you? Uh, I don't know. I, f- I figure out what's that, what's that red light, um, shining into my, my room right now. <laughs> yeah. Why do I feel compelled to get up in the middle of the night and walk outside like I'm sleepwalking? Man, to be, to be honest with like this whole vaccine thing, and it, it's like, if you don't feel comfortable in taking it, you get shamed into not taking it. But if you come out and you say, you know, you took it, then you have like all these people telling you, you know, why would you do that? They're tracking you and doing all that. This is unproven. It's, it's such a hard thing to, to go through. Like even when you go online and you want to read about it, depending on how you word your Google search, you're going to get what, you know, the answer that you're, you're looking for, right? What, you know, you unconsciously kind of want to hear. Yeah. They have echo chambers, right? Um, yeah. You know, on the internet. That's why I th- think the internet has been like the biggest curse to, it's been the best, biggest gift and the biggest curse to humanity because it allows all these idiots to have a voice. Not everyone should have an equal voice, right? Um, but I think a lot of the vaccine stuff is also virtue, virtue signaling. Like people, people are, are posting their picture on Instagram, like selfie with their arm and the bandage, like. <laughs> Like get the doctor. They, some, I think sometimes they probably get the doctor to take it for them. Like this is a doctor. Stop wasting <laughs> their time, right? Um, I think people should be encouraged to take the vaccine. Certainly. Um, again, it's, it's still people's choice whether they want to or, or not. I understand people being hesitant. As long as they're not spreading all this misinformation, I can give them that. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. You, you can you can find arguments for both sides, right? But I mean, the whole thing is that so I don't. Eventually, I won't be as big of a spreader or has a lower chance of spreading to someone else. It's not really even about myself. Um, you know, just kind of get it done. Think of think of it as doing it for the greater good. You don't have to be all virtue signaling about it. Just be silent. Get it done. Right. You can kind of quietly encourage your, your people, your close people to get it done if you want. If they don't want to listen, they don't want to listen. Um, you know, the biggest thing I had to pay for this was a bit of a sore arm for like two days or so. That's it. Yeah, but that's that's like a given, right? You have something penetrating your body. Like a, it's a needle sharp point and it's penetrating you. That, that I, I, don't, I don't even think that should be even considered a side effect, a sore arm. I mean, I I mean, yeah, anytime you have penetration, it's going to hurt a little bit. Right. Um, I think, you know, I think that just means the vaccine's working, right? Uh, you're, you're introducing a foreign agent to your body. It's, it's just working away because it's just a little like kind of a pinprick. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, your, your, your body's working with that vaccine. I don't understand the science behind it, but now, that means that it's working, right? I don't know. Hope <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you do hear about people saying, like, "Oh, yeah, this person took the vaccine and then they still got COVID, and then you know, they still got COVID. They they went to ICU or whatever." Again, unverified news or unverified sources or anecdotes from from the internet interwebs with usernames that are so random that you don't even know it's real or fake. Um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah I had uh, I had to figure out what I was going to do because, um, you know, someone told me, well, make sure you eat before the vaccine or whatever. I'm like, I ain't nobody got time for that. So I didn't eat <laughs> and I got it. I had I had an uh, interview in the afternoon, like within the, the next maybe 90 minutes. Yeah. So I'm like sitting down there in the waiting area. I'm like, please don't faint. Please don't faint. Please don't faint. Uh, luckily, I was good. 
the clock on the wall was a little fast, so I was able to get out of there and like go home. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all done. I have hope for everyone to get their vaccines. There's more and more vaccine availability with the AstraZeneca vaccine, I think, being approved for 30 plus. Uh, they just made some some new promises. I don't, I haven't really paid attention to what those those uh, guarantees are, but I think people are going to be able to get their vaccine in the next few weeks, at least their first. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes down because I know a lot of it is being siphoned from like um, the states, but also no states has been kind of promising to to kind of send some aid over to India where they seem to need it a whole lot more. With the most recent case as of today, like 300,000 300, plus. I think 359,000 uh, positive case. That's some crazy ass numbers, man. We ha- we're that's, we're looking at 3,000, and and we're all worried over there. Yeah, that's like th- that number of cases is like the number of cases in a small country. Like that's yeah. that's really that's Entire really insane. year and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really insane, man. I I feel really bad for India, but this is it's also predictable. Right, India is a third world country. They got tons of people, um, and, I, and a lot of the, the the country is rural and poor. And also, as I pointed out earlier this week, like the caste system, right? Um, I bet you the caste system has come into play because even in North America, the the poorest, most eth- ethnic regions are the regions that have the highest positive cases, um, or the highest percentage. They're the case. They're the population where they have to wait the longest to get the vaccine. Like, have you seen some of the lines in some of the vaccine centers, even in Toronto? They're crazy. Like, people are lining up, like down the block. Yeah, it's the same thing in the states with like voter registration or whatever, right? So, um, I mean, the caste system in India is pretty nuts. I just read about it in, within the last month. They can they basically look at your family name and they determine like everything about you. They can say, "Yeah, you're not you're not getting the vaccine. You're not getting the treatment." Yeah, yeah. There's like, yeah, you're just born to do a certain certain thing. You're you're born to serve like the next next level up on the caste system. But a huge part of it is most likely due to the fact that they thought that they were in the clear. Because remember, a couple maybe like five months back during Christmas, we're like saying, you know, India seemed to be operating like it's nothing. I figured maybe because they dealt with MERS and all that, that they got it under control and, and they're good. Like generally Asia seems to be in good shape or decent shape or better shape than North America and Europe. Um, Cause they'd have to deal with this shit all the time. Like every single couple of years, there's always some kind of outbreak. So I assume that they that's the reason, but then, you know, so then they were doing a lot of gatherings again, like a lot of their religious festivals, their, their new year equivalent. Um, when you see like a video of them, it was it was like a mosh pit at one of those religious gatherings. So imagine like one guy, that's a super spreader uh, event right there. Um, so it's finally just coming and hitting them. Uh, but I don't know, man. Their, 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 their borders being closed, I think that's the right move. I get like everyone talks about like, oh, you can't close borders. Then everyone's going to start tripping out and start doing it as well. But at this point in time, I hate to say it, like, you kind of protect yourself by closing the door, but you send out aids by throwing stuff out the window and hopefully they catch it. You got to send out aid, not aids. Just be very, very careful. They're, oh, they're in bad enough shape already with COVID. They don't need to send them aids as well. That's um, <laughs> all right. I'm just, I'm just playing with you. Um, I'm wondering how much in terms of like um, the political structure, because India is the world's largest democracy, right? Um, their decisions are made made by you know council made by committee you know i could understand even in ontario and canada things are not that coordinated you got one province doing one thing one province doing another thing even municipalities you see they all kind of did their own thing with the vaccines you can multiply that by what like 20 and you get india right because whatever the population is um I'm wondering how much that has to come into play because China is not a democracy. Um, you know, Hong Kong is not a democracy. I don't, I'm not sure how well they handled it better than India, right? Better than North America. Um, you know, other countries in, in, um, in Asia are, 
um, communist, uh, some dictatorships. You've got uh, South Korea, which is a democracy. They all did fairly well, but you know some of those countries are not that big, not that populous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering how much that comes into play, really, when you think about the comparison. I just think it's just like the number of people. Well, the only other country that you can kind of put it, you compare it as apple to apple would be China, right? Like you said, it's not a democracy. So uh, that's this is probably one one example that they can hold up to kind of champion the communism in a way where they, you know, we can control things. Uh, but then again, look at like the Western civilization. We're kind of slowly going into it with Doug Ford giving full authority to to cops or to the police force to pull you over to question you and stuff. Uh, how much further are we from like, you know, communism? I, I get, I get it. We're, we're still, yeah. we're, we're way, way far, but like in a certain way, you're kind of like losing a bit of all these like freedom and. Yeah. I mean, the whole freedom gang has been out, you know, talking about their freedoms the whole time. Right. I mean, people see you know, not wearing a mask as freedom, right? How dare you restrict my freedom, my freedom to have my face uncovered. Right. Um, I mean, that's the whole argument, but people have been wearing masks, masks during, um, you know, pandemics for, you know, centuries, you know, in different forms. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now with the internet, it's now it's a big thing. Now it's about freedom. Um, But I don't don't know about you. I love wearing masks. (laughs) Like here, here's a perfect example of why a mask is a good, good situation. When you have, when you go for an RMT, a massage, um, sometimes it's awkward, right? When you have to turn over and then they're working on your like pectoral muscles and they're like really up close to your face. You know, you don't want to open your eyes and look at them in the eye. It's got that awkward feeling. But with a mask, you just cover it. You can close your eyes. There's no face to fit. Like the face to face awkward interaction is reduced greatly with a mask. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I tend to agree. Um, you know, you're playing it safe with the RMT wearing a mask. I actually don't wear a mask for my sessions. Um, my RMT does wear a mask, so at least we got that half protection going on. Um, you know, masks somewhat hide your um, your emotions and your true feelings. You know, when I'm annoyed out in public, like I hide my mean mug and look on people. Um, with the mask on I don't have to I can kind of you know mouth curse words and they can't see me doing it yeah other than that I don't really care one way or another I've now gotten to like the rhythm of actually wearing it automatically like when it first started half the time I'd leave my car be like shit and I run back to my car and get my mask yeah there was one time I went into a store, it was Shoppers, without my mask, and I realized like a minute later, and I had to make a big show of it because I was already like, you know, breaking the rules and being all taboo. I'm like, oh no, my mask. And then I went out to get it. I didn't really care that much. I just had to make a big show to look like I wasn't being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen over the year, it's been, I've seen assholes that just does it on purpose. Um, and it's just like, yeah, why go through the trouble and just, just argue with the person? Might as well just get that motherfucker out of there, out of the store as soon as possible, cash them out and send them along the way. Yeah. I've been lucky enough not to see it at all. I mean, I haven't really gone out shopping a ton, um, but you know, lucky enough not to encounter any situation where, um, you know, there's an asshole not wearing a mask and people yelling at him. You know, at first during the pandemic, there's a lot of people just fighting with each other. And I think all of that kind of stopped and calmed down, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess good. You know, people somewhat need to mind their own business. Like, you know, I understand there's a pandemic. We all got to work together. If someone is not, I mean, someone is not playing by the rules. I mean, unless they're breathing right on top of you, I probably wouldn't say anything i would just kind of avoid them go somewhere else in the store let someone else deal with it 
right? I mean, the whole thing where you have to take matters into your own hands. I mean, there's a time and a place for that. Like, if someone else is having a party down the street, like, should I snitch on them? I hate this whole snitching thing. Again, to arguments with my mom about this. Like, she's like, oh, they should have a hotline. I'm like, do I know you? <laughs> like, do I know you? Because I do not snitch. I just mind my own business, unless it's directly, like, directly, directly influencing me, right? I think the big thing is more like, if people are blatantly throwing a huge, massive banger, where it's like, you know, when I'm saying banger, you're talking about like 20 plus people in the house kind of jamming and they're dancing and drinking, uh, you know, socializing on that level. Yeah, I, I would be kind of pissed off. I'll be like, hey, you know what? You know, let's shut this shit down, right? Uh, anonymously. Anonymously. But yeah. in terms of like, I don't know, when, you ha- when you're going out for, if you meet another say a family or whatever and you're just gathering in those two and you know you guys taking all your precautions you know i think it's fine you, you need that interaction right but you just can't be in a space where you're having like 15 12 you know 15 to 20 people getting drunk and be all up in the face kind of stuff it, yeah how much can you control <laughs> yeah i mean people just got to worry about what they control can control and i think you know most of us have been doing a good job with you know managing ourselves and managing uh, managing our um, direct family um managing your own actions too so if you're invited to something like i've had to say no to a few things you know it sucks you know i said no to a few things thinking you know we'd be good the numbers are going down i'm like well it is the end of april <laughs> right now and we're still kind of in a mess but uh, eventually it'll sort itself out. Um, you know, it being the end of April, I wanted to kind of transition into something, things I do not understand. Uh, a little ongoing segment we've had, income taxes. Hmm. Income taxes, my friend, it is, it is income tax season. Income taxes are due as of this recording tomorrow. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm working on mine and my family's right now. Um, oh, you know, you're got, got, cutting it close. Got a little time. I mean, it's not nothing too crazy for mine. As long as you, you don't know, have a cause, payable. Because, like, my um, – well, I do, but, you know, I could. I don't have a huge payable amount. Um, you know, my mom's is fairly simple. My other brother's is fairly simple as well, so it shouldn't have a problem submitting it um, before the deadline. But I'm just, like, kind of pissed off thinking about all of this because why doesn't the government just do it for me? I'm just thinking about this. They have all, like, all the forms come from them, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they know almost everything. They know about my registered investments. They know about my um, investment interest. They know about my income, uh, uh, my employment income. They know about almost everything. So, why don't they do that portion for me? And then, you know, let you kind of review it, and then you handle the extra stuff that they, which they wouldn't know, know about, which they could easily know about because of the government, right? So for me this year, I had um, rental income for the first time and rental expenses, had to figure that out. Um, you know, all the other um, employment income, like I just had to look at the form and start typing in the numbers. Um, it doesn't make sense to me why I have to do it and, like, you know, I'm an educated person, right? Sometimes I like to believe that. But you got other people that, you know, can't figure out A from A from B. You know, they don't know what's going on half the time and they're sitting there with their TurboTax trying to figure this out. Even worse, putting pen to uh, pen to paper, figuring out with like the paper forms. But these are people that, you know, probably didn't or may not have done well in school. I don't want to, you know, paintbrush all of them, right? Why are we trusting people to do this? Why doesn't the government do it? Well, as a resident tax expert, well, not an expert in income tax, but I've been exposed enough to it. Technically, they put the onus on your your employer to collect the tax already. But that's employment income only. I can understand that. Um, oh, yeah. When you're talking about your rental income and all that. That, yeah. I mean, um, other, I mean, rental income. I can even understand that too. They might not know about like you know some backroom deal that's being done, but like the other stuff, the registered investments and um, you know banking interests, uh, investment interests. 
Um, all of your, if you're an older uh, senior, you're getting like old age security and pension, all that stuff. I've done that stuff for my mom already. Like they know about all that stuff. So like, why don't you just compute all that stuff ahead of time? Can you imagine if they were doing that for us and, and you would have to review it? I would be so, I would be so annoyed because I already have an accountant doing it for me <laughs> and I already jumped to conclusions before I finished reading the whole tax return. And I'd be like, just saying to my mom, I can't believe this accountant got this number wrong. And after a 15 minute review, I realized that no, I'm the asshole because they did it correctly. Um, I'm telling you, man, I don't understand. Get, just find yourself a good, cheap, not, not cheap. Let's just get yourself a cost effective and good tax, like income, like income tax accountant. They can do this thing in like 15 minutes. Your time is worth more than that. <laughs> yeah, and I figure, I figure um, you know, if for this upcoming tax year, not upcoming, uh, for the 2021 tax year, I might consider it. Um, this last little bit of time has been hectic. So, yeah. you know, while I had that thought in my mind, it just never, it was never something that I truly acted on until this discussion. <laughs> you know, 11 p.m. on the day before taxes are due. But, you know, it just strikes me as weird. I'm I'm theorizing that they're hoping that people just make all these mistakes, don't claim these credits, just, like, submit their, their shit all willy-nilly. And so the government can save money that way. Um, they don't have to pay people to prepare returns or write the program to actually to actually calculate it, which I'm even more afraid of knowing the government cannot even pay its employees with their payroll system. <laughs> they are double paying people and not paying people for like half a year. I can only imagine how the taxes would be. Um, but <clears throat> they're just lining the pockets of, of companies like Intuit who makes TurboTax. Like they probably got some like sweet backroom deal going on with the government. Be like, hey, don't implement this. All right. Let people buy our, <laughs> our software. Because I know TurboTax has their like free edition, but that is the most basic basic edition that like it only covers like employment income that's it yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean that that's it man it's a whole friggin' economy by itself just as this income tax you have rich people paying paying these accountants like a couple thousand dollars for them to save even more money than what they're paying out so yeah that's that's yeah i don't i don't get why we even have income tax Personally, I think we should just go with a a sales tax base revenue because that way, well, this is quite a tangent where we jump from like COVID talking to giving tax tax advice to CRA. I, I had this thing in my mind. This was something I didn't understand. It was fresh in my mind because I was working on it today. It was a rainy day, mm -hmm. so I couldn't go out in the garden and garden. So I had to play accountant for a day. Yo, speaking of that... Doesn't it suck knowing that you bought yourself a rain barrel in the last couple of days it's been raining? And then by the time, by the time we get to pick up our rain barrel, it's going to be friggin' dry as fuck. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking, when it rains, it pours, right? Um, yeah, um, yeah I, I actually had this, I had this thought earlier today. So, I mean, you, me and you are on the same page. Why is their sale so damn late? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, what, what did you say? I said, I said, why is their sale so damn late? Why are they having their sale in June? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Really kind of crazy. Their website is terrible. well, no, no, well, the sales now, but then the pickups in June. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to the topic of like sales tax. I think you know how they they talk about it's it's not um, equal like income tax with all the brackets and stuff. Like you know, rich people can get away from it because if you have the money to kind of tax plan, you can actually save a lot. Uh, you can defer your taxes and all that, you know, trusts, et cetera. It goes into very, like, detailed, very more, or, like, complex. Uh, that's not my field, but my field is more so on the sales tax. So I'm saying, like, just give people the money. Like, here, like, if you're making 100K, you got 100K. You don't, ha well, maybe deduct your, like, like uh, employment insurance or something like that, right? You need a pool for that or CPP. But leave the income tax you know, just, just stop it or, or collect the base base amount. And that's it. So at least you have a base amount of, uh, income tax revenue. And then the rest, you leave it for, 
for individuals with their disposable income. And then you have a high, we have a fairly medium, you know, sales tax, 13% in Ontario. You, you, you give the disposable income for the individual to go out and spend it. And by spending it, you kind of, at the same time, stimulate the economy. But at the, and then you collect the revenue that way. It's like, okay, well, you have money to spend. Well, guess what? We're going to collect 13% on whatever you spend it on. And that's how you build it up. A lot of like, there's been a lot of like push towards going towards this system around the world just because it makes sense. And like, okay, well, if you have more disposable income, then it creates more buying opportunities, which creates more job. And then at the same time, you're collecting your revenue that way. It's much easier. Um, and then if you're poor, if not poor, but if you have a lower income, then you probably, you won't, you won't spend as much versus like, if you're a millionaire, then go ahead and go buy your Lamborghini, your Ferrari. We're going to tax you on your hundred thousand dollar car, 13%. Or more than 13% because we have, um, I mean, we have to be able to pay for public services. So I get what you're saying. There's a lot of, um, probably countries, uh, some states in the U S have no state income tax, but they, those states, people pay a higher price on pretty much everything else, right? So you're paying like higher sales tax. If you buy a house or sell a house, you're paying tax on like that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, but a higher higher proportion, right? So they find, uh, sorry, vehicle registration, uh, vehicle, like licensing, pretty much other, other um, ways that you other, sorry, other things that you need to live your life, other services, you're paying more there than you would pay on income tax. I don't know where it squares out. Um, you know, are we, are they generating enough revenue to pay for infrastructure, to pay for social supports, to pay for hospitals and like schools and all that kind of stuff? Um, Cause we've seen like the, yeah, the States has some really bad like social programs. They have almost none, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Their infrastructure is also crumbling, right? Um, yeah. They may not, and that's on the back of some big tax cuts that, like the the Trump government did. Uh, some states don't have a income tax. It might show in some places, right? I mean, here in Canada, people jump on the t- the healthcare system. Um, you know, some people jump on like the condition of the roads and stuff, and how long stuff takes to build. Um, would we even have that with a lower tax? Um, again. A huge portion of the tax you, you imagine would be you're trying to get it from from the one percent, right? And if they're able to kind of tax plan, there's loopholes involved, and there's loopholes that people like in our our pay range aren't going to be able to take advantage of, or it's not worth us to take advantage of it because the amount of setups that we have to do, like setting up a trust or setting up a corporation, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Um, I just think. When we say 13%, in the States, there's no, no such thing as sales tax on a federal level, like our GST. It's it's basically down to a point where, um, let's just take one state, state X. They have a state-level tax, a sales tax, say 8%. And then for the township or the county, for them to fund their healthcare system or their hospital, they will say, like, okay, well, on top of the 8% state tax, we're going to collect, we're going to charge... Two percent if you purchase anything or you buy anything within this area or you, this township, then that two percent revenue goes towards their healthcare system, and that's what they voted on. Um, so it's a very complicated thing. It's it's actually crazy. I, I can't imagine it doing it manually in the past, um, but now with like computer cell like softwares and all that, it makes it much easier. But in terms of speaking, like. HSC, people complain about how HSC is so high, 13%. Um, East Coast is 15%. But when you look at like Europe, UK is 20%, Finland's 24%. It's quite high, but you don't notice it as much just because the fact that they do it like tax inclusive in their pricing. So like when we go to our, go to our shelf, we see $10 product. We know like, yeah, we're going to have to pay 13% on top of it at checkout. Uh, for them, it's like, it would be 1130 and then they know that, you know, tax is built in, but typically it's a, a rounded number. So it's a little bit nicer uh, or easier to think you don't have to worry about it, but their tax is still pretty high. Um, I'm not sure how their system is working, but I just think overall, like when you talk about healthcare system, 
like this generation or like the last probably like since World War Two, with like the advances that we have made in in medical science and all that, people are living longer. You got the baby boom where you all of a sudden have a huge influx of people, and now they're in, you know, they're part of the aging prop population. It's gonna catch up. There's no way like even if we were collecting enough, it's never enough money. Especially like I think just just the way we are as a society where we overconsume stuff. Like even whenever I eat nowadays, like I end up eating a lot more than I really need to. And sometimes like I just have to kind of stop myself and just be like, you know what, I'm I'm good. I don't need to stuff my face for another like bowl of rice or whatever. <laughs> it's just the ability and the access to the food is there. And I'll just like scarf it down because when you look around and you, I don't want to circling back to like the whole COVID thing. You, you hear about like sad news. I think it was a Brampton that had a recent death where they're kind of um, talking about, it's like uh, the, one of the youngest people to die from COVID and she was like 13 years old. But when I saw a picture of her, I'm like, oh, I don't know, like as a 13 year old, you, you are, when you look at her, it's like, you're, you're overweight. <laughs> There's no better way to put it. You're just overweight. You're obese. And that's already automatically putting you in a high risk. Yeah. So I think, you know, I guess what you're, what you're suggesting or, or leading towards is, um, is the Joe Rogan solution. Oh, fuck. Don't even bring that guy up this week. I know you're, I know what you're saying. You know, you know, there, we have a obesity problem in North America, especially childhood obesity. Um, which is a thing. Of course it is because, you know, growing up, our, our parents probably didn't know better and advertising was so fucking slick, right? Mm -hmm. Telling you orange juice is part of a complete breakfast. Like, Telling you Sunny D, remember? Telling you, yeah, Sunny D has like the extra vitamin D. That stuff was so orange. It it was insane. Like, um, don't get me wrong, I love Sunny D, but the fact that <laughs> if you go to a grocery store and you see where Sunny D is placed, you're like, this thing's, no one should be thinking I, that. I didn't even know they, they sold it anymore. But, you know, on, on, like, we're going off on a wild tangent. But, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because it slipped my mind. Joe Rogan, he's gotten in a lot of trouble this week. I don't know if you heard. Oh, yeah? I, I'm still he, behind on, on, on his real podcast, so. I don't listen to him, but I've only heard, um, you know, certain clips. He talked about, you know, if you're young, you know, in your 20s, um, you know, you don't need the vaccine. You know, you're young, you take your workout, you take care of yourself. Like, you don't need the vaccine. The risk is low. Like you're introducing this like unproven like like uh, medicine into your body, um, you know you have a lower risk of getting sick. It's crazy. It's crazy that he s says stuff like this. It's so irresponsible. Like I forget who his guest was. It, he has such a big platform. You know, mostly t teenage boys, boys in their twenties. You know. <laughs> Mostly men, I'd say, young, impressionable people, right? Um, you know, he's he's talked this way for a while, and I've been kind of getting tired of his shit. You know, the way he <laughs> speaks about you know freedoms and this whole vaccine thing. You know, he's got to understand. He's got one of the biggest platforms in the world, right? He can't just go on there and say shit, yeah. and without consequences. As well, part of uh, his his shtick as well is he likes to appear as a kind of an intellectual. You know, he's a comedian. You know, probably not all that educated. He has a lot of big educated guests. He has scientists on. He has politicians on. But sometimes the guy gets taken for a ride, and he just sits there and gets taken for that ride. <laughs> like people spin a bunch of lies. They come on talking a bunch of slick stuff. Yeah, and he just nods his head in agreement either because he doesn't understand them and he just wants to play along with them or he just wants to be nice with them, doesn't want to like, you know, cause friction with them. But I just thought some of his stuff was crazy this week, man. Like I, I, I lost a lot of respect for him. Yeah. I think I've, the, the most recent one that I've listened to was with this CrossFit athlete, um, uh, as a, as a guest. And I did, I did 
at my like 1.6 speed that I listened to him at, I did catch that way. And he said like, yeah, you know, you don't need to take the vaccine. And I was just like, hmm, I don't know like how, you know, shouldn't be floating that idea out there for, for some people because some people take Joe Rogan as, as religion. Uh, he's like a god to them. People are tattooing his face all over their body. So, which is so weird. Watch out where he goes. Yeah, but he has points in terms of like you gotta stay fit. You gotta be. You can't sit at home and and get that COVID what COVID fifteen pounds or whatever pounds it is on your body. Um, but he also has to understand not everyone is like him, a super health nut, and exercising every single day. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of lost the will to listen to him anymore because of that. Like, I don't know. I I mostly listen to him for the guests, right? Not for him, right? Yeah. And for him to be so irresponsible. I don't know if he's apologized yet. He's taking a lot of heat. He's probably apologized. One thing I'll give him credit for is he usually apologizes when he when he screws up. Um, but so we'll see. I mean, he's allowed to make mistakes, but man, that's, that's a whopper of a mistake. You got basically your, his, his main audience is probably the most socially active audience, right? Those, uh, male 18 to like 30 something like there's, that's, that's the group that's going to be out spreading COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just. Yeah, especially with the states having like what the vaccine hesitancy. Uh, I've even spoken to a friend recently who's gonna get it, get the vaccine. Uh, but she also said like, "Oh, I'll probably won't get the follow up dose." I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> In my head, I didn't say what the fuck. It's her choice, right? But her telling me is yeah, because like people in the states, a lot of them aren't doing the second dose. So I heard. And I was just like, okay, like. Fuck, you don't take antibiotics when the doctor prescribes you seven days and you just take two days. It doesn't fucking make any sense. Yeah. They only come back stronger. (laughs) Um, But once they start, I think once they start private businesses saying in order to participate with us, you need to be fully vaccinated, then people will start to, you know, get the picture. Right. Wait, so, do you think vaccination cards going to be a thing? Um, in some way, shape, or form, in order to make people feel safe, I think it might be a thing on airlines and sporting events and concerts and stuff like that. I think I think you're going to have to, right? Um, you know, this whole voluntary vaccination thing. It's not going to. It's only going to fly for so long. People need. To, so these businesses are going to have to start getting their full revenue. Right, they're going to want to fill planes again. I don't even know if they even stop filling planes. They're going to want to stop or start filling uh, baseball stadiums and football stadiums, uh, and they can only do that uh, with certain guarantees. Right? Even um, Joe Biden's address to Congress yesterday didn't have a full room. These are the people that have premier access to medicine because mm-hmm. some some senators, some uh, congressmen did not get vaccinated. It's their choice. Yeah. Right, so they have to do like the staggered seating and all that stuff. I just think it's going to come to a point where if people want to participate in certain things, they're going to have to get it, and that's going to force people to. They've done focus groups on that, and that's the biggest reason that people would get their their vaccination done is to not miss out. Yeah, I can see that because, but I don't know. You you have like the truly like anti vaxxers that that want to bring their kids to to a public school knowing that they can be the one that spreads like polio or whatever the heck it is, mumps and all that stuff. That should be all gone. Yeah. Stop them. Yeah, I know. I know. But um, this was, this is probably one of the biggest things in recent memory. You just hope people kind of get, get the message. There's still people thinking with that individual thinking, right? Still to this day where, you know, what, like, 13, 14 months after like pandemic got declared, people are still thinking about themselves and not others, which is people don't get it. See the crazy. (laughs) So I don't know what it is, but like I noticed recently that whenever I smoke a J, 
uh, and not vape the uh, vape the weed, I get into a weird like existential crisis moment where <laughs> I'm floating there and I'm just thinking to myself like, "This is it. This is what life is. This very moment is passing by." Um, I get it. You want to be an individual and you don't want to take the vaccine, but like you said, the fear like FOMO is a big thing, right? Big part of it. Can you imagine not being able to like go out, like just not taking the vaccines, actually slowing it down, the ability to go out and and get things kind of moving towards the direction of more normal, or being able to go outside and not having to worry about all that? It's like you only have a limited time here. Even if say they they put in some shit to track you, like guess what? They can only track you for how many years? Like you know, for us maybe another forty forty fifty years, and that's it. The way people think are thinking is so crazy right now. Look, I again, I understand vaccine hesitancy because of the way you know, historically they've experimented on like minorities, and um, you know, I, I can understand from that perspective. But I mean, have you ever gotten a prescription fill at the pharmacy in the normal times? Do you know what the hell those pills are? All the pills kind of look the same. They have like a number or some letters on it. Whatever. How do I know that pharmacists like put the right pills in there? How do we know that the manufacturer like did that shit correctly, or it wasn't some mix-up or something? We don't know, right? Um, you know, we have all of the numbers and all of the evidence. They give the percentages. They've done the trials. The trial results are published. Like all of that stuff is out in the open, right? How often do we ever get that much information laid out in front of us about something that we have to consume? You know, even food labels are like deceptive and shit. They don't like tell you everything. So, you know, people are armed with all the information and still like this whole like hubbub about not taking it. Dude, that's the thing, right? Like you said, internet's a blessing and and a curse at the same time. Like we know more, but then the more we we dig in, the more we don't know. And the more you start questioning everything, right? Because in the past, like you just even mentioned and talking about like, you know, orange juice was fed to us as a nutritious choice uh, as a breakfast alternative and guess what it's actually you know the most sugary thing you can possibly do and the fact that you have that sugar you can't even absorb all that calcium and all the extra vitamins that they put in there it just doesn't when your body doesn't even absorb it you just learn more and you just start questioning a lot more uh the worst part is just people that you know if you if you're gonna go down that road you just gotta be able to read more scientific stuff and not just go on like buzzfeed and then well buzzfeed's a bad bad example because they're a very liberal site <laughs> but you can't just believe everything that that's there um i don't know uh, i'm just to a point where it's like you know what who am i i'm not i'm not some super leader that's gonna lead the world one day at the end of the day i'm just a sheep just give me this vaccine and let me proceed and live my limited time on this planet. That's, that's pretty much it, man. You're, you're starting to now, um, you know, realize, I don't know whether it's the cannabis helping or not. It might be kind of, uh, facilitating this, you know, you're, you know that you're, you're mortal, right? Like there's times that we go through life, everything's going right for us. Like the sun's always shining. Like, you know, you got all your loved ones around you. Everything's going great, right? Like nothing, you're infallible, nothing can go wrong. Right now you are realizing that you're feeling the things that other people are feeling, right? That's that's my experience, right? Going through this whole period during this pandemic, there's been like some highs, like a lot of lows. So, I mean, you kind of experience like, hey, you know, that's what this other person was feeling, you know, during that time, you, you kind of put yourself in other people's shoes through, through that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man, such a bummer. Hey, to end on a good note, I wanted to go say, have a create a good recommendation to watch on Netflix. Uh, have you heard of this documentary called my octopus teacher? Have not. Tell me. It is on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix account, uh, head on over there. It's about, it's under two hours. It's a nice, it's a pretty cool documentary. 
It's just about a dude that um, just so happens that he's a filmmaker as well. Uh, he goes, he's in South Africa, I believe. Um, he goes uh, free diving, so he dives without a scuba tank. He just goes up, gasps for air, and he goes back down. So he was just exploring the coast and came across a octopus and just developed a relationship with the octopus. Um, not that type of relationship. Yeah, we don't have to worry about some Japanese anime <laughs> type of relationship, right? No, no ten- tentacles, tentacles in that sense. Yes. <laughs> but um, check it out. It is, it is pretty awesome. Um, it just changes the, the view. Like Sometimes I, I never thought of the ocean. I think of it as a completely different thing. But yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Let me know um, what you think. And for people listening out there, when you guys watch it, let me know how you guys think. I, I think it won the Oscar recently too. So, um, Or it might have been nominated. It might not have won. It might not be that good. <laughs> but, uh, my octopus teacher. All right. Well, I shall go to school. Yeah. And be, oh, be one you, of the you, fish. You, you go tap that bong in and check it out. Maybe. I, I was going to do that yeah. or that David Attenborough one. I think it's like something in color. Yeah, There's yeah, going to yeah. be a lot of colors. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. And David, David Attenborough's voice, like, you know, it's too bad that he's probably going to die before I am because I would have wanted him to like narrate, your- <laughs> narrate my life. <laughs> Eulogize me, David Attenborough. I was just thinking that the other day because... Um- you can deep fake his voice now at this point. There's enough like clips. There's enough like his voice in a data bank that they can probably deep fake his voice easily. If they can deep fake Samuel L. Jackson into your Google Maps or whatever, they can do anything. Damn, that's crazy. That yeah. is insane. That's a little bit too much, though. I don't need too much. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I was watching that with like um, with Sarah. Uh, and my kid, and then I was just thinking, like, man, it must be hard for this dude, like David Attenborough, knowing that he's like he's in his nineties, right? Seeing the world and seeing all this like magical life, and knowing that his time is coming up. Again, this is my high thoughts. Yeah. Whenever no, oh, no, hold on, I didn't, I didn't hit the reef with my kid around. I watched <laughs> more of it afterwards when he went to bed, but. <laughs> No one was thinking that. You were overcorrecting. I that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Check it out. Let me know. Uh, and hopefully this recording went without a hitch. Yeah. <laughs> or else we're going to have to find so a new, new trial to try out. You might have to find a new podcast partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and get yourself some better internet, man. Uh, I have Rogers. They got it. They got it. Had an outage. They screwed up a lot of people. But let's let's leave that for another time. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was nice catching up. Yeah. Likewise. Later.